0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
1: For the world's greatest athletes.
2: This is the showdown we've been waiting for.
1: There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. I'm ready to go!
0: Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I
2: think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover.
0: We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. <laughs> oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. Thursday edition of Pro Football Talk Live. Here's a little Stefan Diggs versus Ocho Cinco. Ocho Cinco, we're a day late with this. Gimmick player trying to guard Stephon Diggs. Oh, come on, Ocho. He got left in the dust on that cut to the middle. And then he lunges to make it look closer than it was. Sorry, Chad. We love
2: you, but uh, no. That's why you played So wasn't offense, bad. I mean, it wasn't bad for a guy who's got- like, what, what? Well, he's not a DB. And how old is Ocho Cinco now? Is he 40 yet? I mean, he's got to be in his low 40s. He's going with a guy that's a you know all-star in the NFL year after year. So it's not bad for an old guy like that. But still, isn't that cool to see? That's what I miss about the sport more than anything, Mike, right there. It's just like the workouts, you know, the camaraderie with guys, throwing footballs. And Ocho Cinco seems to be like the godfather of South Florida. If you're in that area, guys come to work out with him.
0: He is 42, Chad wow. Johnson See? slash Ocho Cinco slash Johnson, 42 years old. Uh, and uh, he had a tweet, Pepe, that's what he refers to himself as from time to time versus Stephon Diggs. Many of you may laugh at me, but I'm in a position to make a play and I missed the ball by inches. Great throw by Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I, I don't think he missed it by inches. I think the lunge made it look closer than it was. But still, I'll I'll concede the point that at 42, trying to guard Stephon Diggs, he's not going to have a chance anyway. He made it closer than it should have been, given his age, given that he wasn't a defensive back, and given that Stephon Diggs is one of the top receivers in all of football. Um, I, I'm still screwed up this week. Uh, at least I have an excuse this week because of the Memorial Day holiday. It feels like right. Wednesday when it's Thursday. Here's But the thing. it's Thursday, every th- baby! Woo! But every, yeah, yeah, every- yeah. <laughs> that's my question every Thursday for you is really a Friday so since you work four days a week and you didn't work Monday do you work Friday or is today still your Friday I know I, I haven't gotten the memo yet as to whether or not you're going
2: to be with us tomorrow well no I, I'm not working tomorrow I thought maybe that's what you know some of the bosses might make me do I was very prepared for that but found out yesterday that I got Friday off so this is this is my Friday baby You'll be grinding with Big Cat tomorrow. I'll be snoozing away and enjoying some coffee and enjoying my morning. I can't wait.
0: Now, you'll be asleep. You won't wake up before 9 a.m. because it'll be detox to retox tonight and you'll have to sleep off the retox tomorrow. But but here's the thing. I, I Look, if you change your mind and you want to do it, it's great. I I don't like it when it's you and me and Big Cat because you two gang up on me, so I'm fine. It's it's all I can do to fend him off with a chair. Uh, having both of you come after me is not my idea of a pleasant Friday. So uh, when I when I, I get back in the studio, where, I'm
2: yeah,
0: gonna I, do I it. Know.
2: Okay, okay, because then I'll have the better back and forth. It's still weird right now. You know, we're on we're 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 not you know technologically advanced here. I'm talking to an iPad. It's not as quick the banter back and forth. I think it would be hard for me and Big Cat to just totally crap on you in a normal Friday in this setting. So. I'll wait till another type of Friday to where we can do that.
0: (laughs) I'm confident you would still find a way to do it. Thursday is important for the National Football League because some business needs to be taken care of among the owners. Another virtual meeting set for today. Make sure, owners, that your mute buttons are engaged when they're supposed to be and not engaged When they're supposed to be not engaged so you can speak, there's a story at PFT about an incident that happened last week when the owners were having a virtual meeting. Today it's about rule changes, and I guess now we can say it's about rule change, Chris, because one of the major proposals that was due to be discussed and potentially voted on by owners today has been withdrawn. This is the Sky Judge proposal. There were two of them. One of them would have created a booth umpire. The other one would have created a senior technology advisor to the referee. They don't want to use the term Sky Judge for some reason, although I prefer the phrase. Regardless, that was the concept that would have been employed. And it's rare to see the proposal actually withdrawn before the meeting itself. What more typically happens is during the meeting, the proposal gets tabled which is the fancy way of saying it's basically dead and it's unlikely that it's ever going to come back. Having it withdrawn ahead of time, to me, feels like the teams that made this proposal, and this is a couple of proposals that came from the Chargers and Ravens, I believe. It wasn't from the competition committee. I think they're trying to give the NFL a little cover here, knowing in advance that there was no way this thing was going to make it through. And they didn't want to put the NFL in a tough spot because I think the more they talk about it and the more that we talk about it and the more that fans know about it, the more it seems like it's going to happen. If it doesn't happen, they're inviting a PR backlash where people say, why in the hell aren't you doing it?
2: Yeah, I I think you're right, Mike. I do. You know, I I think when, um, you know, the NFL's not prepared for this. That's what I think the bottom line is right now. You know, I think we heard some of the comments from Troy Vincent earlier in the week, just talking about enough capable individuals being in the, in the booth to be that sky judge, whatever it is. So I, I, I think last year with the past interference calls, that scarred the NFL a little bit because of the unintended con- consequences that we've been talking about and everybody else has been talking about as well, to where, yes, I think a lot of people think this makes sense This kind of takes the discussion off the table right now and doesn't shine a a bright light on it because, you know, I don't think the NFL is prepared. And I don't mean like not prepared. I just don't think they've thought it out well enough. I don't think it's uh, far enough down the road to where they've started to think think about the training and things that need to be done for that position, the Sky Judge, and how that'll work. So hopefully that'll be something that they'll continue to talk about and toy with. And... Have a better or more concrete plan after next year to where then it can come back to the table and then we can have a conversation about it again and maybe it happens that way. But I I think that's my read. I'm similar to you there.
0: It is a combination of factors, I believe. And we talked earlier in the week about this pipeline concern. The pipeline gets full pretty quickly if you are paying an appropriate wage to the people who are serving as the sky judges. You can, if you want to, and if you're willing to, and, and if you value the position. That was a phrase that Dean Blandino used on the PFTPM podcast a couple of years ago, talking about the job he held at the NFL, that executive VP or senior VP of officiating. They don't value that job, meaning there is a better living to be earned by people with those skills, In leaving the NFL, going to Fox, going to NBC, ESPN, CBS, wherever, and becoming their officiating expert, their rules analyst, if the NFL really wanted to bring back 17 former officials to staff this guy judge position, you can do it if you're willing to write the checks. That's part of it. But I talked to somebody yesterday before the proposals were withdrawn, and I was told, look, there's a concern that we're going to walk right in. Now, this is my characterization. This isn't a direct yes. quote, but the concern is they're going to walk right into the same buzzsaw they walked into last year. And by, by Troy Vincent being so candid with Peter King in this week's Football Morning in America about how badly they screwed up replay review for pass interference, they don't want to just jump onto the next train without fully understanding where the train's going. And and it's, it's almost like last year's failure was so spectacular, they're gunshy now. And they're they're more willing to go back to what the rules were for the Rams-Saints debacle in the NFC Championship game that sparked all of this. They're willing to re-embrace that for a year in lieu of doing something else because in their mind, something else may be worse than what they had back in
2: 2018. Well, yeah, I I mean, yes. First off, I I do think they kind of rushed to you know, make something happen or make amends for the NFC Championship game blunder. I understand that. But I think, like, I, I, I'm I'm all in favor of them tabling this Sky Judge discussion right now for those same reasons, though, Mike. I mean, that year, you know, after the Rams-Saints debacle, we were in Arizona a few months after that, right, for the owners' meetings. And we were going to – we didn't hear a lot of talk about them – you know, the pass interference review, what's going to happen? Is it going to come up? You know, and it was that week where all of a sudden it sounded like a few coaches and people on the competition committee really started to talk about it and go like, hey, wait, we, we got to get into this a little bit. So they were unprepared that year. And it led to last year being all over the place with that rule. And I think they learned their lesson, at least from, from that standpoint, that they shouldn't do that again. And then with the sky judge and all of that, yeah, I think they want to get it right. I mean, this is not going to be an easy procedure. It's not. And getting the qualified people, I think is important and making sure that, you know, the process is done the right way and when that sky judge is allowed to jump in and when he's not and all of those type of things, they all got to get figured out if we just want a smooth uh a smooth entertainment value type thing on TV to where we can enjoy football and not have any questions and not sit there and go holy cow, can we get this going? This is the fifth stoppage of, you know, play we've had over here because the Sky Judge sees something and he's overcritical or whatever it is. So uh, I just think right now, just like the pass interference thing, Mike, I mean, I feel like the Sky Judge, this conversation came out of nowhere. I feel like we we heard little borbs of it, and then all of a sudden last week it was like, hey, we're thinking about the Sky Judge. So I don't think anybody in the NFL was really ready for it. And I don't think there's been enough deep discussion between owners, GMs and coaches, especially to really figure it out and hash it out and make it, make it be done the right way.
0: Well, I know they've had other challenges this year with the pandemic and the effort to continue with life as normal or as close to normal as it can be. But look, it's on them to find a way to work through the issues. It's on them to recognize the importance of coming up with mechanisms to get calls, right. And and here's my concern. The NFL is extremely conservative, and I don't mean that politically. I mean they don't want to change. They want to continue things the way they are. They are reactive, not proactive. And now they're in a weird spot where all of this is a reaction to Ram Saints and a reaction to their mistake from last year, but now they are kind of hunkering down, afraid of making another mistake, willing to go back to 2018 procedures. And if they can kick the can successfully this year, my concern is without some incident that sparks the outcry that forces them to consider doing something, 2020 becomes 2021 becomes 2022 and nothing changes. And we're back to where some argued we should have been in the first place. And this was your case. It's a one in 100 year thing. Let's not overreact to it. Let's go back to the way things were and we'll deal with it. If it happens again, and it won't happen again for a long time. But uh, let me say this. I had a conversation yesterday with someone about my concern that as legalized gambling proliferates post-pandemic, yeah, that's and right. states are trying to balance their budgets and create tax revenue, and more and more people are betting their hard-earned money on football, they have to be spending the time and the money and the effort necessary to create the impression they're trying to get every call right. And I was told, when you say that, You are not 99.9% accurate. You are 100.0% accurate. That is exactly where this is heading. That is exactly where it is going. So hopefully enough people within that bubble, within that NFL bubble, will understand, hey, we need to be ahead of this one because if we continue to take these risks with donut holes that allow us to be exposed as incompetent. See, hey, sometimes people say, well, they're just incompetent. But when you have millions of dollars being wagered on these games, at some point, somebody's going to say, is it really incompetence or is there something else going on? Is there something deliberate happening? Is the fix in? Is somebody on the take? Is somebody yeah. betting? <clears throat> and, and then you have politicians and prosecutors and other people bothering you. Right. They are probing around, investigating. They're trying to change the way you do business. you got to get ahead of that and handle it yourself so you don't have to worry about somebody else swooping in saying, you got a mess here and we're going to clean it up for you. That's what they need to avoid, Chris.
2: Well, yeah, a hundred percent. That'd be an absolute disaster. And with Sky Judge, you know, that practice makes perfect. They, they got to, you know, work out the wrinkles a little bit. Have, have, you know, Sky, do it in preseason football. Start to feel it out, how it works that way. You know, again, I don't think it's something we should just dive into. We learned our lesson last year. Last year was annoying our 100 100 se- season on, yeah on. go ahead you, go how ahead. do you
0: how do you staff the position and only use it for the preseason that's the problem if they ever do well, it they need to do it for a one year experiment and they need to commit to it the whole year you can't just say we're going to have 17 people that we throw into this booth just to see how it goes you have to have people who are committed to it you can't say, oh, 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 you know what? We have decided not to do it for the regular season. Thanks for the four weeks of work. Now go find something else to do. That's the problem with this. If you're talking about 17 people who need to be hired, it can't just be a preseason experiment. Well,
2: no, but I'm just talking about an experiment. Just at least start there this year to where we can get and work some of the kinks out and start to realize those unintended consequences. Then, Yes. If we go, wow, all right, we like this. And the NFL and the people that make these decisions start to realize, okay, we think we can do this in a smooth way. It's not too intrusive. The sky job just involved only when he needs to and all those type of things. Then you start to source out and go, okay, we need 17, you know, or we need a bunch of other guys to fill this position, whatever, whatever that is. Now, here's the question I want to ask you, like. Let's just say Ram Saints debacle, that type of play happens in week four this year. Do you think Al Riveron's going to just buzz down this time? Like any time no, we have a... Nope. Re- no, you don't nope, think so? Nope. It's
0: not going to do, okay. do it. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. You know why he's not going to do it? Why? Um, I, I believe that he thought about doing it the last time and he decided the rules prevent it from happening. I can't do it until the rules are changed. He's not going to break those rules deliberately. You know, sometimes maybe accidentally or spontaneously, somebody blurts something out into that pipeline and the, the pipeline gets used in a way that maybe it shouldn't. And we've had moments where we're watching games and we say, ha, ah, yeah. New York is talking to them when maybe they shouldn't be. Right. I, I believe, I believe based on everything I've been told that, that, in the moment, consideration was given to doing it, and a decision was made not to do it. Now, now, could there be in a big game? Could there be somebody sitting next to Al Riveron who overrides him and says, "You get on that line and you do this"? You know, it's that you have to know when to do it. It can't be yeah, on a I close know. play. It has to be a right. know it when you see it, egregious type of a play. So I look to me. If you're going to stick with the pre-2019 procedures, you need to be willing to break protocol and tell the referee to drop a flag when the seven people on the field have missed it, and it truly is egregious. But I don't think that Al Riveron is comfortable discerning when to do it and when not to do it. But for a big game, standalone game, if he's got somebody sitting next to him who is higher than him on the pecking order and says do it, Then he'll do it, and he can say, hey, I'm just doing what I was told, so I don't rule that out. All right, let's change gears here because there is one rule change that is on the docket for today. We've been talking about it all week. And, Chris, look, I I am going to claim credit on behalf of the show for the discussion we had the other day about the donut hole for the 4th and 15 alternative to the onside kick. If you go ahead late in the game – And there's just a few seconds left and you don't want to transfer possession to the other team and give them a chance to win it with a Stanford band type of a play. You can just go into the fourth and 15 formation, get the ball to your quarterback. He runs around, kills the clock, goes out of bounds, game over. Too bad the other team never gets the ball. And we we identified that's not fair. So you either have to be trailing to use the fourth and 15 alternative or it needs to be an untimed down. Well, the proposal has been clarified slash amended slash revised slash flat out changed to make it an untimed down. That was something you suggested. And and again, barring any evidence of the contrary, we're claiming credit for them realizing that that was going to be a huge mistake if they didn't have that caveat in there.
2: Well, hopefully, listen, this is what shows like this are for. We are here to inform a little bit. We do follow the league like two psychos and We're constantly texting each other and on group text chains, and we talk and think about football all day long. So hopefully we did help somebody out. Uh, I I really do hope so. I mean, again, it made no sense that first time around. You're right. You know, a lot of teams, I think, yeah, you get the ball there. They're going to take it and go, oh, okay. well, we'll do what Patrick Mahomes did at the end of the Super Bowl, throw the ball right up in the air. Here's the other thing, Mike, I want to ask you about, because I'm glad they fixed that with the untimed down. What about because I hear conversation about this, and I don't, I don't agree with everything I hear. But the fourth and fifteen play, if Patrick Mahomes throws a seventy-yard bomb down the middle of the field for a touchdown, is that going to be allowed? We're going to keep it yes, like a real no, play, right? It's okay, a play. Good. It's a play. I, yes. The, the, right. the, the
0: idea, the idea of saying, "Oh, okay, you made it past the fifteen yards, you get the ball fifteen yards from the play started." No. That, that's not even no. a consideration. That's not even a discussion. Good. I that, that, the, the, the rule is you get the ball fourth and 15 on the 25 as if you had the ball. It's a scrimmage play. So whatever right. the outcome of that play, that's where it goes. If you gain 75 yards and score a touchdown, you score a touchdown. If you gain 74 yards and you're on the one-yard line, you've got the ball on the one-yard line. And that's why the untimed nature of this is critical, because it isn't just a way to avoid the team that takes the lead late screwing the team that's behind out of a chance at winning the game. Think about this. If you're trailing and you have no timeouts, right? Right. And and, and let's, and here we go. Let let me give you the, the, the first example I thought of yesterday when the untimed down was officially added to the rule. You're down by 10 points. You score a touchdown with one second left on the clock. Yeah, and other any other game, it's over. You're down ten points. You're snapping the ball from the five yard line with five seconds on the clock. You score the touchdown. Hooray! You scored a garbage time touchdown. There's no way you're gonna. There, there's no. You have no chance to win the game. Well, now you do. Here's why. You make the extra point. You're down by three. There's one second left on the clock. You do the fourth and fifteen play. It's an untimed down. You start it on your twenty five. Twenty five yard gain gets you to the fifty. 35 yard gain gets to the 40 if you got one of these field goal kickers with a big leg that can make a 57 yarder you only have to gain 35 yards on the untimed down and you get the ball on the other team's 40 and you don't have to worry about timeouts or spiking the ball or anything like that you could throw it right down the middle of the field and you get it to the 40 yard line and you come out and you kick the field goal and you force overtime you score 10 points in five seconds Okay, well
2: let's put our big noodles together once again then. Does that make sense? Is that fair? I don't know. I'm not sure I love that. Maybe there needs to be time on those type of plays uh, to where th- that doesn't happen. I mean, that no, that's I a like little it. bit I like it. You like I it. I want to give I want the
0: team that's trailing to have a chance to oh, win the game. Oh, I know and you l- do. Let's take it Hey, let's take it to the extreme. You can be down in theory. In theory, you can be down 16 points with less than 10 seconds remaining in the game. You score and get the two-point conversion. Let's, and even if there's only one second left, only one second, you do the 4th and 15 play. You put the ball on the other team's 30. You don't have to go to throw it to the end zone. That's the thing. It's no longer a Hail Mary play or a let's hope Gronk is playing deep safety play. And, and we get a miracle that way with lateral right? after lateral. You get the ball on the 25 and you get it down to the 40 or the 35 or the 30. You get in that range. You have a, a plausible shot at scoring a touchdown. You get the other two-pointer. Voila, 16-point deficit gone in less than 10 seconds of clock time. I love
2: it. Okay. I love it. I know you Keep love it. Keep these games I don't know why. as long as you can. Why? I mean, one team dominated. It was up by 16. You know, 159 Didn't dominate enough. And, well, see, Didn't this, dominate this is enough. where... This is where we need to talk about this. Okay. Because then, just like we talk about the team with the lead, now they're going to kick off and maybe they can waste time. Okay. We're going to make it an untimed down. I'm not so sure that's right either. What we're talking about. Okay. A team's down by 16. They score a touchdown. There's one second left on the clock. We're going to give them a free, a free play. No time to get 45, to, not, 50 yards. But but they, they have they still have to do it. I mean,
0: if, if your defense is going to collapse to the extent that you allow a team to cover 75 yards in two snaps, one that is untimed and one that is, you deserve to lose, right? If, if you're that good, you're not going to surrender 75 yards of field position in one second. You're not going to do that. So I, I think there's a fairness to it. There's an equity to it. And the goal is... To keep the games close as long as they can, we don't want people checking out of the games at oh, any time. I know. We don't.
2: Everybody needs a blue ribbon. Everybody needs not, one. No, oh, here, oh, good no. job, you stayed listen. close. It was a close hey. game. Oh, no. Sh- listen, it,
0: but but the, the the point is, if your defense is that good, if your team is that good, you are not going to, to use your term, crap down your leg in in the final seconds of the game. You got to finish the job. Right. Put them away. Be up by 24 points, be up by so many points. You got no chance of coming back or put them away with the game on the line. And If the offense can rise up and get that done, if somebody can pull off 16 points in less than 10 seconds of clock time and score the touchdown, recover the or gain the two point conversion and then and then put the ball in position on the untimed down to have a shot at the end zone
2: good for them they deserve to force overtime yeah it's got Patrick Mahomes name written all over it it just says he he won't be down he'll never be down he'll never be down 16 (laughs) points for 10 seconds he'll be on the other side hoping his defense makes a play I guess (laughs) yeah all right we
0: gotta take a break the top 40 quarterback countdown as put together by Chris Sims continues we have three of them today number 35 is a guy who has some big shoes to fill we're going to talk about that next right here on pro football talk live
2: we've played at other times, um, you know, without Tom, uh, but it was the 09 season uh, after he was injured, played 15 games with Castle and went 11 and five, or, uh, you know, heading into the uh, the 16 season with uh, Jimmy and then uh, Jacoby uh, and Tom coming back after the, the four game suspension. So, you know, there've been other points in time where we've, we've dealt with that. We'll do what We always do is try to you know, prepare the team the best that we can utilize our, our players and the skills that they have and put ourselves in the best position we can. to to be competitive and
0: win. That was the voice of Patriots coach Bill Belichick talking about playing without Tom Brady. And if you did not like yesterday's decision to put Taysom Hill at number 36, despite limited NFL experience, you'll hate this one because Jarrett Stidham has even fewer regular season snaps. One year in the league is Tom Brady's backup. He makes it to number 35 ahead of Taysom Hill. How dare you? Christopher, how dare you? Deliberate. Put Stidham, it was deliberate, right at you. <laughs> Jared Stidham, number thirty-five on the list, and we're going to show you why Chris has faith in him. But give me a quick thought on your reasoning for dropping him where he is, given the fact that we've seen nothing from him in a regular season game.
2: Well, first off, I love them coming out of college. You know that. Saw a lot of him in preseason last year. Loved the way he looked. I mean. Really, when you look at him, there's nothing to say or look at him physically and go, ooh, there's a weakness to his football game. He reminds me a little of Tony Romo. He's a very pure thrower of the football. He's got great mechanics. He's natural that way, Mike. He's smart. You know, we know he's being well-schooled up there in New England. He doesn't have a strong arm as Tom Brady, but it's not far off. It's right there in that range. It's a really good arm. And – it's a good athlete, not an athlete that's going to run for like big yards, but can move around the pocket and extend plays that way, Mike. That's what I'm excited about with Jared Sidham.
0: Well, like we did yesterday, since there isn't much regular season evidence, let's go to the preseason from 2019 the New England Patriots against. The New York Giants, a team that knows a thing or two about roughing up Tom Brady, they get their shot against Jared Stidham. This is the second drive of the game. A field goal was scored the first time around for Jared Stidham in this game against the New York Giants. And right off the bat, he shows us something that hashtag Tommy cannot do and really never could do. Pocket collapses, opening is there. That is not number 12, I guarantee you that.
2: No, Mike, this is something he's going to bring to this football team this year. I mean, he did it a lot in college, and he can really dance around the pocket and make plays that way. But yeah, this will be a nice element for this offense that they've not had with Tom Brady. You know, Brady's usually just carving people up in the pocket. You don't have to worry about this. Stidham can rip off some plays like like that.
0: And the instinct to protect himself and slide, that is critical. He already has it, doesn't have to learn it. All right, next play, not as good of an outcome.
2: No, definitely not as good an outcome. Clock in the head, got to go off a little quicker. It looked like he was getting greedy to make a big throw down the field. No, people were open underneath. Take that throw, get it out, move on. Uh, But, you know, again, this is not a play you're going to sit here and go, oh, what a horrible decision. No, nice job sliding the pocket. Just have a better feel.
0: It's not just clock in the head. It's the feel. It's knowing how your body is in relation to the defender who's coming after you and know that you have enough time to get rid of the football. He didn't. He got hit from behind. He got picked off.
2: Yeah, that's right. Okay. And, the, you know, you're a rookie. You're young. You're going to learn some things like that. Here's some more rookie crap. Handing the hand of the football off on a reverse. Whose There's an fault issue is in this? the execution. It I, doesn't I gotta, look like
0: I, it's Stidham's fault.
2: Watch no, it closely. I don't think you tell me. I don't think it's Stidham's fault either just from, like, what I saw last night when I first got this clip. He put it out there nicely. You got a receiver, Demarius Thomas, who tries to grab it instead of taking it like a running back, right? Mike, you see, guys, you're supposed to do this. You don't grab at it like with a claw. That's a recipe for disaster.
0: Yeah, so I'm not going to blame Stidham for that one. And, uh, you know, you shake it off, you get the ball back, and you you keep trying to move the ball and prove to, Great the, feet. to the powers that be that you can be the, the successor.
2: Yes. And, you know, again, you're seeing the athleticism. You see, this is what I got excited about. It's why I used Tony Romo a little bit of his pro player example, Mike. He can really bounce around the pocket and make people miss and stay in the throwing position and get the ball out of his hand quickly.
0: Here he is now throwing the ball down the field. Josh Gordon at his disposal back when Gordon was on the Patriots. That's a nice ball, a nice little arcing ball. It doesn't look like it was all that accurate, but he gets a gift from the officials.
2: Got a gift from the officials was aggressive. That's part of being aggressive. One-on-one, when you get a big receiver like that, you take a chance. More times than not, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, you might get a completion, but you know, as we've talked about, DBs don't play the ball well.
0: And 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 what did we say last week? You have to get the ball down the field to soften up the defense underneath. You have to have the threat of the deep ball. You have to throw it down there, even if it's not always accurate, just to keep them on their heels, Chris.
2: Yes, no doubt. And then to answer right back with this, a back shoulder, twenty-five yard, really nice play, really nice placement uh, throw there by Jared Stidham. He's very calm and poised, as you can see. That's the thing that jumps out to me. Throws perfect spirals never seems rattled, has an aggressive nature throwing the football. And again, this is preseason. They're not getting into like the intricate details or the, you know, the nuts and bolts of their playbook here. They're playing it kind of simple, and he's still making some plays with his good physical ability. And that's a great throw. I mean, the, the defender was there in
0: coverage, but he knew the defender wasn't looking back. I don't know if that's a film study thing or what, but he knew right where to put the ball, and he knew that Demaryius Thomas was going to be there to catch it.
2: Yep, and then you oh, quick release. Look at that, like feet not even planted. That's like Aaron Rodgers right there, kind of, you know, shuffling back, throwing the ball while his feet are still moving through an accurate football. C- Should have been caught.
0: Should have been caught by Demaryius Thomas for the two-point conversion. All right, we fast forward to the next drive. The Patriots still losing to the Giants in a meaningless game, but it's meaningful from the standpoint of the evaluation of Jared Stidham last year as to whether or not he can be the guy this year. It's a nice little slant, Pass to uh, Josh Gordon to move the sticks, Chris.
2: Yes, and, and again, you know, the quick release, this is something, again, I think the quick game and moving in the pocket, moving the quarterback, you're going to see more of that in New England because I think he's going to be better. He's more natural and athletic than Tom Brady at that, in that part of his game.
0: All right, uh, the drive still continues, and on this play, it's it's another one of those You know, a timing route, Uh, you you know, the the plays that we talk about all the time with Tom Brady that, you know, you design it and it's going to be there. You just have to deliver the ball.
2: Demarius Thomas was open. He delivered the ball. Yeah, and he's patient with it. He doesn't give up on it. I mean, yeah, there's another like it's a 15-yard stop route. He stays on it. He realizes he's got a good receiver and one-on-one coverage and puts the ball in a place where his guy can get it and it's safe. The DB can't get a hand on it.
0: All right, the drive continues. Demarius Thomas, currently on Sun. Maybe he gets a job after people see some of these highlights, except the one that he dropped in the end zone for the two-point conversion. A little out route there. And and just using that passing game almost as like an extension of the running game. You get a five- to seven-yard gain. You keep the thing moving. You keep the ball moving quickly. And, uh, you know, you got guys who can catch it, and you got a guy who can throw it.
2: Yeah, that's right. I mean, what's not to like about Jared Stidham is you sit here and watch. I mean, you see the guy's athletic. You see he's accurate. You see he can make throws. I mean, you really – he was a first-round talent. I'm not going to get away from that. He excites me. I love
0: this play, though. This play, he runs full speed to his left, a right-handed quarterback, full speed to uh, – Tom Brady's like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. He, he runs full <laughs> speed to his left, and, and, he, and he throws a, a a nice little touch pass while he is running – full speed to his left that's a very impressive play
2: very impressive play he's got great feel he's a natural at playing the quarterback position let alone he's got skills that can can you know really shine and stand out as well you know again it's not a huge arm but it's a really good arm it really is and then with his athletic prowess and his ability to move that way and he's got nice touch and timing and a lot of throws you know, there's a lot to like about this kid. You can see why they've raved about him in New England, and you can understand why they're passing the reins off to him. You know, no, no training camp or no OTAs. I don't care what it is. Jared Sidham, I truly believe, is going to be the starter. One because he's the most talented guy they have up there, but everything I've heard too is, you know, he's a class act and work ethic, and, and doing all the little things to make himself good too.
0: And, and by the way. Uh... Demarius Thomas showed up a lot in those highlights, and again, he's available. Maybe somebody should consider giving him a job because he looked pretty good. I know it was Giants backup defenders for the most part, but uh, Demarius Thomas still has some gas in the tank, at least based on what we saw last August, Chris. But Stidham, I I, I feel better now than I did yeah, before yeah. Yeah. studying those plays. I feel better about him. Not that my opinion means a damn thing, but you know, the average Patriots fan out there that isn't sure what they're getting into if they watch this. They may be thinking, "Hey, you know what? Uh, Bill Belichick knows what he's doing. He makes these decisions for a reason. They exactly. didn't aggressively pursue Tom Brady for a reason. Now's the time to remove the Band-Aid and move on. And uh, I think they got a guy who can at least, at least keep things in
2: the reasonable
0: ballpark of the standard the Patriots exactly. are used to.
2: Exactly right. You know, they got some young receivers. You know, they've done a good job in free agency." You know, they're going to run the ball. They're going to play through their defense. So they're going to ask Jared Still to make a few throws every game. It's not going to be like, oh, Brady dissect, you know, dissect the defense, dropping back 40 passes a game and doing that. No, I don't expect to see that early on. I think he'll be throwing 25, 29 passes a game that way, you know, but maybe a more aggressive nature in their offense this year, too, because you can see this kid's got an aggressive mindset. He's looking to make big plays, and that's what he did at Auburn. And that's, what, that's why I am excited about him, Mike. I really do. You know, I, I will stand by it. I think he was misevaluated coming out of college because of a poor team his last year there at Auburn. I think he was every bit as in the class of Drew Locke or Daniel Jones or Dwayne Haskins. He was right there in class with them. I'm not saying he's better, but he deserved to be in that discussion. And uh, I think that's why New England feels like they got a steal and they got their guy going going forward.
0: All right, that's number 35 coming up in just a few moments. We're going to go one more step up the Chris Sims top 40 quarterback ladder to number 34. A guy who is in an identical position that he was in two years ago. We'll explain coming up here on Pro Football Talk Live.
1: All right, Vinny. For the world's greatest athletes.
2: This is the showdown we've been waiting for
1: there is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage a world again. Goal for the United States! Unbelievable. and when that stage is paris anything can happen i have never seen anything like this how about that An olympics unlike any other what a performance the paris olympics friday july 26th on nbc and peacock At the theater, more than the movies come to life, movie lovers march in and skip the line with digital tickets to the latest movies on the free Fandango app. Ready to grab some snacks and head to the best seats in the house for a night of romance, terror, and quality family screen time. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies.
0: All right, we move to number 34 on the list, and he will be wearing from time to time one of these six options of uniforms that are available to the Los Angeles Chargers. He's a guy who has been in this position before, the incumbent veteran quarterback with a first-round pick breathing down his neck. But for now, Tyrod Taylor. It was Tyrod in 2018. It's Tyrod again now, I, I think, until it's Tyrod again, but, but, but I try to respect how everyone, however anyone prefers their name to be pronounced. Tyrod Taylor, now number 34 on the Chris Sims quarterback countdown, ahead of the guy that he's trying to hold off in Justin Herbert. So some high praise from Chris Sims for Tyrod Taylor, a guy who has been the starter in Buffalo, in Cleveland for a few weeks, and now right. the starter, for now, the starter with the Chargers.
2: Well, it's eerie similar, you're right, to what happened in Buffalo. It's kind of an eerie similar way the team is built, too. I mean, the Chargers look like they want to be a defensive-type football team, just like that Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo uh, a few years back that went to the playoffs and lost to the Jaguars in the wild card round. But, hey, Tyrod Taylor, yes, I mean, he's got experience. He's got talent, too, Mike. He does. None of those things are an issue. You know, my big thing with Tyrod Taylor – Is probably his conservative nature more than anything else. I know he can run and make some plays there. I know he can throw bombs down the field and and strike that way. My big thing is, you know, he goes into that category a little bit, Mike, sometimes where he won't win you games, but he won't lose you games either. And that's not necessarily always a great thing. You know, more times than not, you need a quarterback that's willing to take some chances to win the football game. Tyrod Taylor, my biggest complaint about him is, very conservative sometimes unwilling to throw the ball down the middle of the field because he's too careful and you know I understand doesn't want to turn the ball over and play that way but if he wants to continue to be a starter I think he's got to let it hang out a little this year he's got it he's got to push the envelope a little bit more if they go nine and seven and he has a solid year, and they maybe make the playoffs or just miss out, they're gonna move on to Justin Herbert If he lets it hang out with some of those weapons they got in that defense, and they go 11 and five or something like that, they might think about, you know what, let's go to year two with Tyrod Taylor. So it's gonna be on him to how long he wants this position, and if he wants to continue to be a starting quarterback in the NFL.
0: And even though wins are not a quarterback stat, 23-21-1 is Tyrod Taylor's record as a starter with both Buffalo and Cleveland. The last time we saw him was the Baker Mayfield coming out party on the Thursday night, week three of the 2018 season. Taylor got hurt. The door was open for Baker Mayfield. He took Cleveland and the NFL by storm. Let's look back at some of the best moments from Tyrod Taylor's career as a starter. Chris Sims, top five Tyrod Taylor plays for the quarterback who is number 34 on the Top 40 quarterback countdown for 2020. We go to week 12 of the 2016 season against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sammy Watkins single coverage against Jalen Ramsey. You're not throwing it to Sammy Watkins, are you, Tyrod?
2: Well, and that's what's that's what's unbelievable, too. I mean, yeah, big time throw, looks to his left, you know, then comes back late and throws just an absolute dime down the right sideline. Great coverage, perfect ball. He's capable of doing all these type of things. I just want more of it, Tyrod Taylor. You know, he can be a little bit of a check down Charlie that way. He needs to have more of an aggressive frame of mind like we just saw with Jared Siddham in the preseason. He needs to do that in the regular season more.
0: Maybe a little push there, but we'll give Sammy Watkins that one. It was a hell of a throw, hell of a catch, and a hell of a play. Here's Tyrod Taylor showing what he can do to extend a play horizontally buying time looks a little like what we saw from jared stidham although it was a a missile not a little uh, a little touch pass into the back corner of the end zone
2: well he's got he's an unreal athlete i mean he's got great feet he can rip off a 20 yard run if you need him to and you can see here he's got a really flexible quick release i mean there's a lot of like starter traits in tyrod taylor's game.
0: Yeah, and that was week 16, his time with the Buffalo Bills. Fast forward to 2018, week two with the Browns. This ended up being a tie. This was one hell of a game. Tyrod Taylor, one hell of a throw to Antonio Callaway. Whatever happened to Antonio Callaway? That burst at the end to go get the ball, Chris, but a great throw by Taylor to put it out there for Callaway to go get it. I think we may have lost Chris, so I'll keep talking while we get Chris back. Callaway makes the catch in the back of the end zone. I thought Chris was so impressed by the throw that uh, he was he was awestruck and dumbfounded. But uh, Callaway with the great catch in the back of the end zone. And that would go on to be a stunning tie game between the Browns and the Saints. Chances for the Browns to win that game. Missed kicks and whatnot. Kicker got fired afterward, if you remember that, Zane Gonzalez. Here's Tyrod Taylor showing us what he can do with his legs up the middle and off he goes into the end zone against the Tennessee Titans looks to the left as if he's going to throw it and he says see you later and uh, Chris we said see you later to you for a little bit but my understanding is you're
2: back I'm back baby that's right but again nothing there you know this is why if you want to play a defensive style of of game and and be conservative that way Tyrod Taylor can be your guy but certainly can make plays with his legs and scare you that way and be a threat on quarterback design runs like you just saw right there All right, here's number one.
0: Week two of the 2016 season. Bill's Jets on a Thursday night. Color rush time. Tyrod Taylor buying time. Look at him get away from the linebacker and bank a little underthrown. Just a little underthrown. Still a touchdown.
2: Well, he's going to make sure he gets the completion there, right? First thing he had to do is just make sure he got it into the guy's hands. But uh, these these are things I hope we see more from with Tyrod Taylor this year. You know, Taylor... The big thing is, Mike, you know, these this highlight package we're showing, this is about it. I mean, it, it really is. These are few and far between. So when you look at the highlight packages, you go, damn, this guy's really good. Look at some of these plays. The problem is, I'm telling you, there's not much more out there than what we just showed today. And that's going to be on him, like I said, this year. To have that more aggressive frame of mind, try to force making a play a little bit more. You know, again, I just think in the AFC West too, and if he – if he wants to be a a starting quarterback for a long period of time, you know you're not in the AFC West. I just don't. No matter how good your defense is, you're not going to win seventeen thirteen every week. Not with the Kansas City Chiefs and the way the Broncos are orchestrated. The, they're going to have some games where he's going to have to put up some points and be aggressive.
0: And here's the key: he's got a supporting cast that he's never had before. When you look at yeah, the right. weapons that the Chargers have at the quarterback's disposal, so we'll see what Tyrod Taylor can do with it see if he can stave off justin herbert for more than three weeks it was week three for baker mayfield two years ago how long will tyrod taylor be the starter with the Chargers? we'll find out we're going to take a break coming up we might soon have a new title holder for the best stadium in the nfl and we now know when we'll tentatively get a chance to see it more pft live on the way right after this In the NFL's race of keeping up with the Joneses, literally, here's the SoFi Stadium Oculus board. Double-sided, one-of-a-kind, high-resolution 4K video seen by everyone in the stadium. They have raised that baby from the rafters and it will be ready to go when the stadium opens. And yesterday afternoon, the Rams announced that the Stadium will open on August 14, preseason game against the Saints. They're selling tickets for their preseason home games. Refunds will be available if fans ultimately can't attend or if the games are canceled. But the Rams putting the tickets on sale, announcing the dates. And the Rams, you know, we talk all the time about in-season travel, Chris. The Rams have a great deal here. They have three of their games in the preseason played at their home stadium because one of the games is at the Chargers. And then their last preseason game is a very long, arduous trip to Las Vegas. They hardly travel at all in the month of August, and that's a, that's a nice way to bank some, some uh, travel time for later in the season if you're not running all over the place in the month of August as you're playing the preseason games.
2: No, that's, I mean, that's, that's like uh, it really is a, a big gift to players that time of the year when you're worn out from training camp and you haven't seen your family a lot. To take away some of that travel time, to have a little extra time at home or rest your body or whatever it is. I mean, it's great for the whole organization. The coaches included everybody catch your breath that way. Uh, it's very smart by the Rams to make sure, you know, they don't have to go far from home that way, but I'm Mike. I don't know. I don't, you know, maybe that the Dallas stadium, but I I'm about as excited to see this Rams and Vegas stadium this year. As I am any stadium that I can ever remember being unveiled. I mean, they just have an unbelievable futuristic type look. I mean, I'm expecting them to some some point lift off the ground and fly into outer space. I mean, that's how cool they look. So uh, I can imagine what it's going to look like with all these people in it.
0: Or it's going to be the scene from Close Encounters where they're going synthesizing music back and forth, right? Until, until the right. big giant alien comes out. we got to take a break. Coming up, you're going to hear some of what Baker Mayfield had to say. He spoke with the media for the first time this offseason. Plenty more PFT Live still on the way. We'll be back right after this.